All right. right. So, uh, hey, this is Tristan with Cairo Sushi, and we are here today with the leader of the industry's best in malpractice for chiropractors, Cairo Secure. We're with Dr. Stuart Hoffman, who will be speaking um, and uh, available for questions for our Cairo Sushi attendees throughout the week and weekend at the Cairo Sushi Summit in Las Vegas coming up May 3rd through May 7th. Uh, we're excited to have Dr. Hoffman. It's been a, a really interesting year for him and his his group. Um, as many of you have seen us uh, share uh, his knowledge and uh, insights into some of the big topics, including the Katie May issue that uh, kind of hammered down the 2016 year. Hey, Dr. Hoffman, how are you doing today, sir? Good. It's good to be back with you, Tristan. Thanks Pleasure. for having me. Pleasure to have you. So we'll start out right there. How interesting of a year has it been for you guys over at Cairo Secure? Oh, well, it's been crazy, but, you know, crazy is good. And as a chiropractor, uh, I'm used to that. Uh, but it's really been uh, a nonstop year that we've been running to keep up. Uh, and, you know, all is good. Great. What? Um, so obviously the big story this year was the, the, the stroke issue with Katie May and you guys shared some great content. There might be a little bit redundancy in what you might share with us today, but uh, what has been your overall, you know, now looking back on, I mean, it's literally been since February um, until the coroner's report, which interestingly was released seven months after. Maybe we can dive into that a little bit later on, but um, what has been your overall um, take on the chiropractic stroke issue from from your from your side of the fence and what you've seen from questions asked from your members and, and, and questions asked from uh, outside your member community? Well, I, I think it's very interesting how the year developed uh, because we, as you know, we have been on top of this uh, story about mm -hmm. strokes being linked to a chiropractic adjustment uh, for a long time, and we've been doing a lot of research uh, in that area, including how to protect our doctors if they're ever accused of having caused a stroke uh, in one of their patients. But, you know, I look at it from two different ways. Number one, this is definitely an attack on an entire profession. Mm -hmm. For us to be on Dr. Oz and the headline B that, you know, can a chiropractor kill you? I, I take great offense to that. The show itself wasn't so offensive. It was a fair-minded approach. Uh, but at the same time, just putting those things out in the public can be so damning to the profession. It is the worst thing since the chiropractors won the longest running antitrust lawsuit in the history of this country. And we didn't really get anything out of winning. But here we are uh, with a brand new attack, and it's not so new, but it's been so ramped up that it is taking people, you know, uh, just going crazy over it. And from our point of view, I think it's also, it can be an opportunity. It doesn't always have to be a fear factor. It can be an opportunity because I noticed that the doctors, as I go around the country and speak, 
whether it be just on risk management or including strokes and informed consent, I find that the doctors are much more aware of the stroke issue because historically the doctors like to just stay in their own office and assume this will never happen to me. But when I get stroke claims from uh, chiropractic patients that never even became a patient, but had a stroke in the waiting room before they were ever seen by the doctor, but the hospital didn't know that and blame the chiropractor. Right. Well, that's something that can take an entire profession down because the more that the public believes that that can happen, the more scared they will be about going to a chiropractor and getting their neck adjusted. So I think that this lends itself to opportunities to educate not only the public, but for each individual doctor to educate their patients and prospective patients in a non-threatening way, a non-defensive way, but more of an educational way since we have all the science and research that backs what we do. And to think that taking an aspirin can be 100 to 200 times greater risk of death than someone that went to a chiropractor office and wound up having an arterial dissection sometime following that, uh, I think we need to keep things in perspective of how safe a chiropractic adjustment is and how life-saving it is and how important it is to get the public to understand that so more and more people utilize our services. That's interesting. So would you recommend to a chiropractor to actually even maybe host uh, a, a talk or, a, a, you know, one of the, the big things in our industry is dinner with doc or something of that nature that actually is about that topic? Do you say invite it in, invite the questions in and, 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 and use this as an opportunity? Would you recommend that? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I, I think that raising uh, strokes in and of itself uh, just creates a negative out in the public perception. Okay. I, I think it would be great to talk about chiropractic safety and results because it is safe and it is getting the results. But to open it up to the public about strokes itself, absolutely not. Okay. I think that's a one-on-one -on -one situation that you raise, and especially if you're talking about informed consent or something to that nature, to be prepared uh, and own in your brain and in your heart uh, more about the research that actually exists and be accurate and educational in your delivery with it. Right, right. Um, so what are the things on your radar uh, for 2017 that you see as maybe outside the box or some things that, you know, the community is not really aware of or talking about that you're, you're probably looking at going, uh-oh, or this is something we really got to be concerned about. Is there anything in, in the future that you're, that's percolating in your brain? Yeah, in terms of malpractice issues, no, I think we're going to still see a heightened level of challenge uh, when it comes to the stroke issue. Okay. And that is it. Uh, separate from that, the doctors uh, seem to still need to be aware of a few other things. 
patients asking for refunds. There are proper ways and improper ways of handling a business's decision rather than an emotional decision on uh, that individual request. Uh, we also deal with uh, a lot of the doctors wind up uh, putting out some marketing materials that the chiropractic boards still take issue with. So it's important for the doctors to understand and know the rules and regulations set forth by their board in their state. But one of the things that has come up, like back in 2005, when we saw insurance audits uh, were going to start to take place over time, and they certainly have, and we put in uh, the only at that time uh, insurance audit protection for doctors into our policy, uh, some other programs have added some of that as well, uh -huh. but we also see another couple of things coming. One is cyber liability. We're in a digital age and we need to be aware of that. And so we're talking about data breach, but also in terms of being in the data world, you know, the doctors need to be very sensitive and careful about what they're putting out in social media. But cyber liability is something that we've now added into our ChiroSecure policies uh, without additional cost to our doctors. Oh, great. Uh, we've also added in employer's liability because we've had some claims where doctors have either fired or a staff member has quit and there winds up being a dispute between them. And uh, now that for the first time in the chiropractic world is part of a malpractice policy as well because we want to make sure that the doctors have a comprehensive approach without having to shop all kinds of policies everywhere they go. Nice. So a lot of our um, following uh, for Cairo Sushi, a large portion of our following is, is the younger DC or the student DC. Uh, when they are ready, what are some of the basic... Um, you know, I think cost and how to get started with with malpractice. What is your advice for, uh, let's say, the young DC who's starting out and he's going to go, or he or she is going to go out on their own? What are your steps you recommend uh, as far as uh, looking at malpractice coverage? It's a great question and very important to uh, a newer practitioner. Uh, I talk about this at some of the schools as we now. Uh, ensure a number of the chiropractic uh, institutions. But when it comes to coming out of school, there are choices. And the new doctor has to determine, well, are they going to go for an upfront cost savings and go to what's known as a claims made type policy? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to go to feel more secure in an occurrence policy? Are they going to work for a doctor or are they going to be purchasing their own and uh, having an independent practice of their own? These are a couple of the things that are important to understand as far as how much coverage. You know, one million, three million is considered the gold standard in the chiropractic world. Some doctors get less than that. But what we also try and educate the doctors is if you're going to uh, plan to participate in insurance programs, then you're going to probably need the one million, three million, regardless. So there are a number of steps in terms of what the options are for the doctors, and 
rather than just filling out an application online or hearing someone from a platform rah-rah, mm-hmm. I recommend actually giving a call directly to one of our sales uh, consultants because they're used to educating, just like we talk about educating patients, because that was our claim to fame when I was in practice many years ago. We do the same thing in terms of the doctors because they are our patients. And we want to go through the process of making sure they understand what their options are, what they're buying, and what the uh, long-term effect can be. Because if you take someone that buys, as an example, a claims-made type policy without, for today's purposes, going into what it all means, if it, they're working for an owner-doctor that wants to just buy on the cheap mm-hmm. and gets them that claims-made policy, when they leave that office, if they don't either continue that policy or someone purchase what's known as a tail policy, they can lose all of the coverage they had and they're still responsible for all of their actions while they were working in that uh, chiropractic facility. Oh, wow. So these are things that we need to make sure that the doctors are educated on. And that's why we spend the time to go through these steps and make sure that they understand what their choices are. So no matter what they purchase, that's fine, but it'll be an informed choice that they make. Great. And so a lot of the, a lot of the students, too, I, I see there's a trend, uh, especially with the sports chiros. Um, if one of the questions uh, I, I, that comes up, I think, with especially sports chiropractors, is if they're a team chiropractor for you know, a sports team, uh, can they travel with them and treat them in other states under most policies? Yeah, it's not the policy that's the issue. It's their state license that's the issue. Okay. And almost all states do not allow for that. Wow. I think Ohio may be the one state that has approved it through their licensing board uh, to make sure that the doctor is okay if they do travel. There is uh, a bill in Congress right now uh, designed to allow for travel and treat. And we would be included in that, at least the way it is written today. Uh, Once that gets passed, and hopefully it will in this next session, uh, once it gets passed, then there's no issue because, like with our coverage, it follows you wherever you go as long as what you're doing is legal. And if your state board allows for that, there won't be any issue to that. But you've got to be very careful and considerate once you cross state lines to a place that you're not licensed in. Got you. And that would apply in the same, uh, you know, similar question. If I'm practicing in more than one state, do I need multiple policies? No. Okay. No. That, that all gets accommodated for uh, in our policy. So one of the great things about, uh, I want to share with our audience is that uh, one of the things I've learned working with your group um, and more, more so hearing from uh, members that utilize your services is um, just how open and uh, transparent and uh, dedicated you are to sharing insights and picking up the phone to answer your members' questions. Uh, curious, uh, you might not have one, but what is the strangest question you've ever uh, received? Uh, you don't have to obviously say the name of the doctor, but what are some of the strange, more stranger questions you get on a regular basis? 
That's a tough one because every once in a while you hear something you never, you thought you've heard everything before <laughs> and then you're surprised. But I get all kinds of calls because we let our doctors know, hey, we're here for you and we want to be a resource for you. Uh, they'll call me to see if they should incorporate. That really doesn't have much to do with us. Right. Uh, they want to know where, what is the best city in this state to open up in? Well, you know, that's all nice and that's fine, but it doesn't really, uh, you know, fit. If that call didn't come to me, it would go nowhere, Yeah. you know, uh, because it just doesn't, it's not about malpractice in any way, shape or form. But I, I have gotten where, you know, we deal with uh, a lot of different things, like one of the more recent ones that sometimes doctors don't think about, but they should is there's so many women that have uh, breast implants this at this point in time. Right. And breast implants, I, I've gotten to learn about them because of claims and potential claims. They have a life expectancy. And we had this one woman who claimed six months after she was in the doctor's office uh, that her breast implant was ruptured by him pushing too hard on her back. Mm. Well, where were you for the last six months? And how is this document? Well, it was hurting me. It didn't rupture. I'm sorry. It sort of broke up and moved. Mm -hmm. But this woman had uh, three previous, I think it was, reconstructive surgeries after an accident and health issues before that. If that happened, you'd know it before six months. And there's just so many different things. We had one woman using the same topic uh, that she went to the chiropractor and she wanted him to pay all of her medical bills because he ruptured her uh, implant and she needed to go to the doctor and get all this diagnostic workup done and this and that. I had him get all of the medical records and the bills and 90% of it was for revisits over previous cancer issues. Nothing to do with a ruptured uh, implant. So you just have to know what to do and what to ask and to make sense of it. And that's why I was saying like, even with refunds, you know, it's not always an emotional decision that you right. wanna make, it's a business decision. So we're going to get a lot of weird patient stories and they run the gamut. Your advice to any chiropractor out there, I'm, we spoke about this uh, a couple months ago, but I think human nature would say, hey, I got a letter, um, you know, a notarized letter, or I got a 30-day you know, notice to respond letter from a patient requesting you know, my, my medical records and a refund or something of that nature that looks like, uh-oh, something might be happening here. Human nature would say, I don't want to contact my malpractice carrier, but you would suggest otherwise, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's critical that uh, you contact your whoever your provider is because basically there are some companies that even require a, an immediate notice. That's not us. But at the same time, we want to always make sure to be proactive mm -hmm. rather than reactive. 
And when we know, I'd rather a doctor call me before they ever get anything in the mail or whatever, because they're are a lot of patient upsets. And that's what usually turns into a claim if it's not resolved well. And we pride ourselves on coaching our doctors through those communications to at the very least neutralize or hopefully turn the situation around. And we've done that so successfully for 25 years. And that's more important. But if you get something in the mail indicating that there's a claim or a suit or a board action, don't ever stick your head in the sand. Don't hesitate. Call your provider immediately so that they can get on it. Because a lot of these uh, claim issues, again, even with the licensing board, have a time-sensitive response required. And we need to make sure that we get everything in order to do the best job possible for each and every doctor. And we do take that very serious. I know you do, yeah. It's um, one of the reasons we're really excited to have you at Cairo Sushi because um, I I don't know any other individual out there in this industry, in this specter of the industry, that is as open, um, as, as knowledgeable, and puts as much hard work and energy. Your work over the summer... Um, and into the fall with the Katie May issue, I just I want to give you kudos to your team, uh, to yourself that um, I think you helped um, not only educate, but I think you you hope you helped a lot of doctors that were, you know, you saw comments all over the social media sphere. What do I say to my patients? What do I do? And and Cairo Secure was right on top of that. That's one one of the number one reasons that when we uh, wanted to partner with Cairo Secure and help uh, share them with our community is because they're on top of it. They're more than just a malpractice company. And I I really want to thank you for that, Dr. Hoffman. Yeah. Thanks for those nice words, Tristan. I I really appreciate that. And I want you to know, you know, it isn't an insurance company in and of itself. I am a chiropractor. I'm dedicated in terms of my entire existence to this profession. And Whatever I need to do, I will do to protect it. And part of that happened to overflow into this whole stroke thing because, number one, I take it personally when someone's accused of something that isn't accurate. Mm -hmm. And number two, I do have some concerns over the public buying into this and becoming fearful of going to the chiropractor. So that's why we are on it we have been on it and we'll continue to be on it and any other issue that comes up as well because first and foremost is making sure that chiropractic prospers and we will always do just fine great so thank you for acknowledging that hey one last question for you before we we uh, sign off here um because we're really focused on the entrepreneurial chiropractor and you have been uh, an entrepreneur in, 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 in a couple endeavors with your practice and with your with Cairo Secure. What would be your one uh, kind of walking away point from this uh, this interview to tell a young DC who's heading into practice? You know, what would be Dr. Hoffman's uh, you know words of wisdom, his elevator words of wisdom, his pearls of wisdom, if you will? First and foremost, own what you do not in your head alone, but also in your heart. Because if you come from the heart and you're solid with it, 
you will project power and authority even with a lack of experience. Mm. And that's critical. Stay focused. Each and every patient, every patient encounter, mm. if you stay focused with that patient, you will be in great shape because I can tell you almost every single call that we get, the doctor can always acknowledge that, well, I wasn't really paying attention or I wasn't this or I wasn't that. Mm. Stay focused on that patient, their concerns, their needs, and what you need to do with and for them. And last but not least, someone taught me many years ago, outflow creates inflow. Mm -hmm. And the more you get yourself out there, whether it be uh, in the community, just meeting people, uh, whether it be through social media, whether it be through your patients, the more outflow you create, the more inflow there's going to be. And it doesn't always come from where you expect it. It's more of an esoteric issue where mm -hmm. you just keep putting it out there and people will show up as long as you're doing it with good intention and you're doing it for the right reasons. Well said, Dr. Hoffman. Well put. I, uh, everyone listening, I, I encourage you to head over to the Cairo Secure website. It's uh, CairoSecure.com. Uh, they put out great content uh, on a consistent basis with live events. They've had uh, individuals that is, are well-respected in our community from Dr. Uh, Heidi Havoc, uh, to Dr. Uh, Gerald Klum, uh, is it uh, Klum or Chum? I always is it Klum, Klum, Klum. Dr. Klum, um, and and obviously in Dr. Reichman, they've had uh, events uh, with uh, other uh, doctors outside of the chiropractic profession, sharing uh, insights into uh, the vaccine issues. They have so much great content out there, and and we have a plethora of it featured on the CairoSushi.com uh, website. But I encourage you to. Uh, Go over to CairoSecure.com, learn more about uh, the team and, and the values that uh, Dr. Hoffman has set for his, his company. Uh, thank you again today, Dr. Hoffman, for your insights and, and your knowledge. Thanks, Tristan.